I want to be remembered as someone that takes someone who is seen as the underdog and pulls people out of a life where they just have a poor mindset and empty pockets and elevates them to someone able to elevate the next person. Welcome. I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear. Fast forward to today, where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor, building a business to support you, and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is the Quiet Wealth Podcast. Are you looking for a way to teach your kids about money that's simple, easy to understand, and gives them the education that you never had? Because we all know schools and the government are not going to teach it. So you need my revolutionary family bank system. It's one I developed and tried out on my five kids, and now many other families are enjoying this step-by-step -step system to teach kids saving, investing, giving, budgeting, and how to generate more income themselves. The system is divided into categories starting at age five, where they learn age-appropriate concepts and then layers in each concept as they grow. So pick up the family bank system now before it's too late. And fair warning, this system might make your kids millionaires earlier than you. And you might actually learn a thing or two to help yourself. So click on the link in the show notes to get access today. Hello and welcome back to Quiet Wealth. I'm so excited that you have joined me here because we have another amazing guest on our show. But first, if you are new here, I'm so glad you're here. Please subscribe and you know, leave me an honest review. That would be so helpful to continue to grow the show and grow the education that we're doing. At Quiet Wealth, we talk about three things. We talk about building wealth, building a business, and leaving a legacy. And today's guest is in the midst of doing all those things because it's never something that's done. It's always a journey that we're on. And so I'm super excited to welcome April Crossley to the show. April, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to follow April's journey. She and I got connected a couple of years ago, and she actually took a class I was teaching about how to mm -hmm. underwrite. And underwrite is just a fancy word for doing a financial analysis of large real estate properties like apartment buildings. And she and I met through that and just had a great time. And I've just loved following her social media journey ever since. But we're going to post her bio in the show notes. So if you want to read all the official things about her, you can read the official things. But today we're going to have just a fun conversation about her journey. And so April, I want you to just Give the listener an idea of your journey up to now. Yeah, my investing journey started in 2004. And prior to starting that investing journey, I worked in healthcare for 13 years. So my degree is actually in biology. So I tell people, don't believe anything I tell you about real estate, maybe, because that's not what my degree is in. <laughs> I wanted to be the CEO of a hospital. So I was in school for my master's degree when I picked up a book about real estate investing and became obsessed with it and dropped out of my master's program because I was like, I can't learn about both these things at once. It's impossible. 
and just started like chasing real estate. So started flipping houses. I didn't have two pennies to rub together at the time. So this was probably in like my late 20s, early 30s. And I'm in my mid 40s now. So I was flipping a little bit. Then we bought some small apartment buildings and rental properties and single family homes. And we're kind of going back and forth between buying little rentals and flipping houses. And that was fun. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, having all these rentals isn't so much fun. So (laughs) I learned about passive investing with my self-directed IRA, like old retirement accounts. So I worked at all these hospitals. And then when I was 35, I retired, meaning just left healthcare, gave up my license and was going all in on real estate. And someone had asked me like, what are you doing with all your old retirement accounts from the hospitals? And I'm like, I don't know, like, where do they go? Like, what do you do with them? Like, I didn't know what I was doing. And they were like, you should roll them over into a self-directed IRA and be a private lender. And I had used private lenders this entire time flipping houses and buying single family rentals. We never bought anything with any of our money. We never put 25% down. So to me, I was like, I can be a private lender, like with my old retirement accounts, had no idea, learned how to do that. And then kind of like got into the space of raising a little bit of capital for other people, just because if once you start using private money, your private money network just kind of grows. Private lenders connect you to other private lenders, start accumulating more. So I was raising some capital for some people. Um, I bought a mobile home park and I bought some shared housing in a different state from where I live. So I own those things in Tennessee, but I live in Pennsylvania. So the majority of my portfolio is in Pennsylvania. So I've done a lot of different weird things, wholesaling, flipping, rentals, capital raising, mobile home park, shared housing. I kind of jump and build my parachute on the way down. So I like to try different things and see what I really like and what really sticks and what really lights my soul on fire to like keep doing it. I think you and I are very kindred spirits. It's probably my ADD because I like get excited about one new thing and go in and learn about it and do it. And then I'm like, Yawn. I've done that. Okay. Yes. 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 That's kind of where I feel like I'm at now. I'm like, people are like, are you buying more apartment buildings? I'm like, that doesn't like excite me. It doesn't light my soul on fire. And I bought shared housing in Tennessee and we rent that to a nonprofit that helps men coming out of prison. So we house like 96 men and work with this nonprofit. And that's been super fulfilling for me. So I'm kind of on that path, like, oh, I'd love to do more projects that are really fulfilling, like really like make me feel fulfilled other than not anything with buying a building that has more tenants, but it just doesn't excite me. We all come to this pivot point. And when we get to our 40s and 50s, suddenly life takes a shift. I call it the wealth journey. You know, in the beginning, in your 20s and 30s, you're working hard towards building your pile, your big pile of money because you feel like you need that for safety and for security. And you absolutely do, right? You absolutely do need to build that pile. But once that pile is built pretty well, now we're kind of shifting and we're like, you know, it's not about making that pile ginormous. It's more about what can we do with our time and with that money that we've built up to really make a difference. And so talk to me about your pivot point. When did you start to pivot? Yeah, I feel like a few years ago. So three years ago, my son moved out. So I had my son very young. I had my son when I was 16. So I'm 45. And so he's 28 right now. But a few years ago, he bought a house and he's my only son. So maybe a lot of your listeners can relate to this. So when your kids move out, you're like, 
like you kind of go through this, what? Like, and you're staring at your spouse, it's me and you now. There is nothing else here, like distracting us. It's just me and you. So my husband and I are like in this big house and we're looking at each other and we're like, we were snowboarding to Arizona for three years prior to him moving out. So then when he moved out and bought his own house, we were like, what are we doing? Like, let's just sell the house and go RV for however long. We had no timeline. We had no idea where we were going. Let's just go travel in our RV full time. So we did. We packed up. We got rid of most of our belongings, sold our house, and went on this road trip. And we both kind of just had these like revelations when we were on the road trip. My husband was a co-broker at a real estate agency for like 20 years. And he was like, I actually hate real estate. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to have this life anymore. Like my passion is he loves motorcycles. He has since he was like five. Completely shifted, left that career. Now like buys and renovates motorcycles and like works at a motorcycle shop and is the happiest he's ever been. So it goes to show you it's not about money. And when I was traveling, my big revelation was it doesn't matter like where you live. It's not going to make you happy. Like the weather isn't going to make you happy. It doesn't matter if you move to nicer weather to like busier downtown city with lots of stuff going on. It's not about where you live. It's about like what's internally going on. That's going to bring you true like peace and happiness. And it took me selling everything and leaving all my family and friends and going across the country. So I live in Pennsylvania and we were lived most of the time out West. And during the holidays, you get sad because you're like, my family's not around and it's too hard for me to get back home and too hard for them to come out right now. And having all that downtime to see incredibly beautiful things that I never even knew existed just makes you realize there's so much more out there in the universe than just like what's going on in your world and real estate that you really can be happy anywhere as long as you're happy internally with yourself. So that's when like my self-work journey started. And that was probably three years ago or four years ago. And so I joined like a mastermind group that does like a lot of like internal self-work, not heavy real estate focused, just like personal growth focused and really coming to peace with yourself and things that have happened in your life and letting that go. So that's kind of when it all started was on the RV trip. And now it just like continues to unfold. We get lost too. You know, when we're when we're in the crazy of raising the children, it's all consuming. When you're building your career, you've got children. And I found that the little years were really hard because the kids were so dependent on you. But the teenage years are also really hard and really fun because they're involved in like a bajillion different things. So it's like I finish my work at three or four in the afternoon. And then I'm like on duty to take this kid to volleyball, this kid to tennis, this one to band and (laughs) all over the place. And it's so fun and so fulfilling to be so busy. I think the thing that scares me the most, and I still have two kids at home, three have left and Mm -hmm. I've got two at home, is that once all have left, I don't Mm -hmm. have that busy factor anymore, right? And there's going to be a lot of quiet time. Yeah. And, you know, I like quiet time, but too much quiet time is a lot for me. And I think this is probably where you have to really come to peace with yourself because it's been pretty eye-opening for me as 
couple of my kids start leaving and the sadness and how do I navigate that while I'm still building my career and still, you know, working on this legacy that I'm trying to leave, not just for my children, but for other women as well. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm getting emotional yeah. about it. It is because it's very emotional. You're stopping and like staring at yourself in the face. Like I'm not busy. I don't have all these other things to do for other people. And in that moment, I think it's very easy to fill that space with, oh, well, I can take care of this person or help that person and care for this person. And by nature, women want to care for everybody and some more than others. And that's how I am. I'm very much like, oh, I can take care of that. I can care for this person. I can care for that person. And my husband said to me at one point, like, I, I went through this thing recently where I was like very sick back in February. And he's like, you know, you like care for everybody else and you're caring for all these things. So even coming back from the RV trip, my son was living in his house. We bought a house and I'm still like trying to care for all these people. I'm like, wow, I'm just like filling this void by like caring for other things and still not focusing enough on myself. So I had to learn to say no a lot not even know just when people people don't even ask you something but you hear them talking about something and you're like oh i can take care of that for you or i can take care of that person or i can step in and help you care for that person and i had to be like no i need to like care for myself so then i started going down a path of like getting a trainer and working on my health and getting a health coach and getting genetic testing and then sitting quietly has been very difficult for me like when people would ask what are your hobbies what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I can't sit still. I don't want to sit. Real estate? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> so yeah. So I bought mini cows. And the thing about having mini cows is it's very peaceful. And I feel like you can't be as creative as you want to be and alive as you want to be unless you're taking time to sit and rest and be peaceful. And for me, having to take care of my mini cows is like, my computer shuts at four o'clock. I need to go take care of my cows. And it's a very peaceful thing. And I'm very calm and at peace. The other thing I want to say is I also started like trauma therapy to like deal with some stuff from my past. So I'm going through mm -hmm. this period where I'm just ripping myself apart and trying to like put myself back together so I can go on the next leg of my journey where I'm like really pouring into people. Because you can't like really pour in and help other people until you're like healed on many levels, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So I've been like on this journey for like five years now where I've been working on all those things. I want to give a quick shout out to my podcast manager, Abby. If you're in need of help in launching and managing your own show, please reach out to her at productions at abbyguaki.com. I'll put her details in the show notes. She really is the best and I love her. Yeah. I mean, again, we have so much in common because I was just as you're talking about your mini cows. So yeah, I, I was looking for throughout three years ago, I still had my W-2 job and we got moved to Dallas, Texas area. And so I was looking for, uh, we we're looking for a house. And I told my husband, I'm like, I have to have chickens. I just have to have chickens. And we start looking for houses and places and everything that's in our affordability wheel was in an HOA and HOAs won't allow mm -hmm. chickens. Mm -hmm. And so we kept moving further and further away from where my work was going to be. Mm -hmm. Finally, we found a property that was in the country that did not have rules about chickens. Mm -hmm. And so we bought this property and he just laughs all the time. He's like, yeah, she had to have chickens. Like, that's why we're here. But then that morphed into 
we got baby goats and we got baby pigs and we got ducks and kittens and dogs. And and so we've like started to build this mini farm that I've always wanted. And you're right. It's the peace because you have to shut off and, you know, the animals have to be fed. Mm-hmm. You know, every morning it forces you to get outside every morning, breathe the fresh air and care for these animals who are so grateful and love you. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see you. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> food. Yay. You know? Right. It is very healing, very therapeutic, I think, mm-hmm. to have animals. And, you know, to our listener, if you don't live in a place where you can have animals, Come visit me or April. We'll yeah, let you pet definitely. our cows. <laughs> definitely. And I feel like you have to find that thing that's for you. Like for some people, they're like, you should just meditate, do meditation. I'm like, that's not for me. That's not my thing. So you have to find that thing that's for you that allows you that peace mm-hmm. and that downtime and peace. And I also think for a lot of women, it's important to understand that it depends what season of life you're in. Like if someone would have told me when I was a 16-year-old mom or even in my 20s and 30s and still raising my young son, you should really meditate and find peace. I would have wanted to throat punch them. Like I didn't have a spare minute in the day and I was sleeping like four hours a night, going to school, raising my son, working. And so there's different seasons to life. So as you go along, it's just important to remember, like, cut out as little time as you can in that season to have that peaceful moment and do something that's a good fit for you and what you like. So we talked a lot about wealth and that, but let's talk about building businesses, which is the second pillar that we discuss here. I think the first time I heard of you was I listened to you. You were guest speaking at a conference and you were talking about your business. And you were talking about your operations in your business and like how many transactions you were doing in terms of the flipping houses. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. I sat there in the back of my seat going, whoa, this lady is something else. Because <laughs> right? yeah. you had just your processes and you built this amazing business. So talk to me about how you built that business. And then talk to me about why you're pivoting and what you're doing now to going mm. forward with your business. Yeah. So that business, I started out by myself just doing like a wholesaling and flipping business. And then it started growing and I wanted to quit. And I thought it was horrible because I was in so much pain. And that's like when you really make changes in your business is when you're going through like a lot of pain. And I joined a mastermind group because a friend recommended it because I told my friend I was going to quit real estate. And they were like, that's a really bad decision. You're just frustrated and burnout. And at the mastermind group, they were like, why are you doing all this by yourself? Like you can't do all this by yourself. So long story short, someone being brutally honest with me, which every woman needs brutally honest friends, led to me hiring a business partner for my wholesale and flip business. And my business partner comes from a background where in her former job and her master's degree is in, she would go into businesses, rip apart their systems and operations, and then put them all back together again to make them flow seamlessly. So I pretty much hit the jackpot and give a lot of kudos and credit to her for where the business is at now with all the systems and operations that go on. That's all her. She's genius at that. I love the marketing side, but she's really good at systems and operations. So we've grown that business together and it's been fun, but we're actually in transition now to I had her open her own LLC because I want that business to go over and become completely hers. It just doesn't really interest me much anymore. I mean, it can be there and make money, 
but you only have so much energy and time to put into things. And I, that's just not where I want my energy to go anymore. So I'm still in that business, but more in like a consulting, if she needs me kind of role and we're transitioning things over. And now I'm really focused on like affordable housing and the affordable housing component, which I don't, if anyone's in that, it's like a completely different world and different language and different everything. And so I've really just been diving deep into learning that world and learning the terminology, learning how things work, grants, nonprofits, stuff like that, because I want to do things that are more fulfilling. I want to build communities or redevelop buildings that are going to leave like a lasting impact on a community to like provide affordable housing for people. So it's kind of really important to me now that I'm just not doing something and it's making money, but I'm doing something it's making money, but it's also like helping a community. I interviewed a woman on my podcast the other day that she launched an impact investing business where she goes out and finds like impactful investments where people can invest in that are that's doing more than just returning a dollar. So you put mm-hmm. in your dollar and you get back more dollars. It's providing social impact. It has a financial return, of course, but also has social impact, environmental yeah. impact. And there's lots of different ways that you can invest into those. You know, her target is like you know, family offices or people with a lot of money who need somewhere to invest it but don't necessarily have the wherewithal like you do to dive deep and to figure out how to do this. They're the ones that have the money. And so she's launched this business to basically be the connector, the connector between families who want to give a lot Mm -hmm. and the businesses that need help. And so it's it's pretty fascinating. I love the whole impact investing. I call it the investing trifecta, right? Where you can get a financial return, environmental return, and social return. At Study Stream Investments, we try to do that with our apartment complexes. I try to partner with very intentional operators who make sure we care for the residents. You know, like mm-hmm. we're not slumlords. We're not just taking advantage of them, not raising the rent $500 just because we can. It's important to us still to keep the communities affordable and to help out the residents. And and we do a lot of partnering with nonprofits as well to mm-hmm. help those who are in real need of assistance. So that's been really good. But I do feel like we, it could go another level deeper. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. same as you, I'm kind of on this. Where could we go? Episode 100 of my podcast is called How to Give $1 million in Your Lifetime. And so it's this concept of let's flip the script on wealth building here and let's try to build wealth in such a way that we could be able to give away a million, right? And create that impact in the world. It's a new goal I have for myself to be able to give a million in my lifetime, not just when I die, because I want to see the impact that it's going to have on the world. Yeah, I love it. So since we're on the topic of impact and legacy building, so What's the legacy that you are working on right now? And legacy can be defined in lots of different ways. It could be a living legacy or it could be a legacy that you're going to leave once you pass. Yeah. I feel like just because of where I come from and like my life experience, which is a lot of reasons why people end up where they are. But I went from like having my son at 16 years old and being on welfare to owning a bunch of apartment buildings and being a millionaire. And I want to be remembered as someone that takes someone who is seen as the underdog or there's like no way this person could ever be a millionaire and pulls people out of a life where they just have a poor mindset. 
and empty pockets and elevates them to someone that I don't even care if they become a millionaire, but just that they have a healthier mindset and money in their pockets. And then they're able to elevate the next person. Like it's just a complete ripple effect. Mm -hmm. I help a lot of people that come my way that want to invest in real estate, but whether it's people who want to be coached or people that are coming to live in my apartment buildings currently or people that I want to help through affordable housing. I just want to be remembered as someone that helped elevate people so that they could help elevate the next person that they come upon. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to be remembered for. That's amazing. I met a woman at a conference a couple months ago. Her name's Rachel Rogers, and she wrote a book that's called We All Should Be Millionaires. She just put it out there that we all can do this. And it's just a matter of figuring it out and taking the steps and believing in yourself. I mean, a lot of it is the belief and the mindset and feeling like you're worthy. I think one of the things I struggled with for a long time was feeling worthy of being a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And when I crossed that millionaire threshold, I was proud of myself, but also had this weird shame that came with it too. And it was really hard for me to call myself a millionaire. You know, back to something you said before, we all need someone who's brutally honest with us in our life. Mm -hmm. I had someone call me out on it and they said, Camilla, you have done so many things and you're being so selfish because you're not sharing how you got there with other people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, really? I just like gut punch because I am a giving person. I want to give and help others. And so That's how, I mean, really Quiet Wealth podcast came about because I'm an introvert. I don't enjoy the really big conferences and I'll go Mm -hmm. speak on stages, of course, but I'm not good at creating my own community or Mm -hmm. like leading that. And I thought, well, if I can just share the things that I've done and the lessons I've learned along the way and help normalize a lot of money talk with people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that can be my legacy that I can leave. I love it. (laughs) April, this has been amazing. Do you have any other tidbits that you'd like to share with our listener today? Like you said in the beginning, it's a journey. Enjoy the ride. And if you're at a point where you stop enjoying it, that's the time to like step back and say, okay, what's going on here? Like it's okay to shift and pivot into different things so that you can keep finding joy and enjoying what you're doing. I feel like a lot of times we get pigeonholed into like, oh, April flips houses and wholesales. And that's like what she does. And I'm like, this doesn't bring me joy anymore. So I want to like pivot into this or pivot into that. And that's okay. Don't get stuck. I'd hate to see women like get stuck in what either they think they are or people think they are. Yeah. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, but there's a book that a lot of successful people say is the most amazing book. And it's called The One Thing. And it talks about just focusing on one thing. And I actually don't like that concept at all. The whole quote, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Mm -hmm. But people leave off the last part of that because it says a jack of all trades is a master of none, but often better than a master of one because you know a lot of things. And especially as you think about it as being a business owner, you Mm -hmm. have to wear multiple hats. You cannot be an expert in finance and then terrible at marketing. You know, you have to be good at all of these different pieces. Yeah. And 
you have to at least be good enough to know who to hire to help you be good, help your business be good at this. I've always thought of myself as more of a generalist than a specialist. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay. I don't think you have to be a specialist and only do one thing your whole life and that's all you do. Yep, I agree. Go smell all the candles. Yes. <laughs> You're missing I out. I love that. I love that. Anyways, April, thanks again so much for yeah, being here and you. having thanks this for conversation. Having me. It warms my heart. I love having friends like you that we can have these conversations that are just real raw and honest and about where we are in life and how we continue to grow. So if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way for them to do so? So they can email me. My email's april at lazygirlrei.com is probably the best way to reach me. Awesome. Okay. One more quick story. How did Lazy Girl REI come about the name? Honestly, it goes right along with your being general and not specializing in really anything because I tell people laziness is my genius. There, I knew nothing about construction or flipping houses or capital or anything. And some people feel like they have to know everything and control everything and they have to learn every little piece. And I'm like, I'm too lazy for that. I just want to bring in the people that know those things. Like when I bought my mobile home park, I partnered with somebody who is a mobile home dealer. When I had my flipping business, I just made sure I had really good contractors. Like I didn't want to learn about contracting or take this time to learn about a mobile home park. Like when you can just partner with someone that knows those things. So I'm very driven. So sometimes I'm bringing like the drive or the capital or like the, hey, this is exciting. Let's just jump and stop overanalyzing things. And then partnering with people that have all the other pieces. That's where it came from. Fantastic. Fantastic. It is. That is definitely a genius. And I'm glad that you celebrate that because I think a lot of us get in our heads too much and we're like, we get so afraid to start something new or to you know launch this business. It's like, wait, wait, I don't know how to market it. I don't know how to do social media. Wait, I don't know how to hire people. The whole who not how concept. That's what I think is the best business book ever written. Who not how. Don't try to get in the nitty gritty and figure out all the details. I know I have one of those detailed brains that like jumps immediately to, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. And I have to fight it all the time. But who not how has literally changed my life and it makes a big difference. So yeah. All right. Thanks again so much. You're welcome, Thank you. Yes. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate your listening and jumping in and please share this episode with a friend that you know and love because we need to share this education so we can share the wealth. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success.